0: Like to get started, we're in Romans chapter 12. If you'd open your Bible there, we are very glad that you all are here. And if you don't have a Bible, there hopefully is one in front of you in the pew there. Uh, Please take it out, open to Romans. It's towards the back of the uh, the middle of the New Testament, towards the back of your Bible, and please uh, follow along. We're in Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 9, and. um, I, I spoke on this about a month ago um, and uh, titled it The Pulse of the Body. And now we've entitled this next one All in the Family. And I was trying to rattle through some different titles that uh, capitalized the the thought here. And, and this is uh, what I figured, you know, All in the Family. And I got to thinking about how I grew up um, back in the 60s. Whether it was good or bad, mom and dad, uh, dad was traveling Monday through Friday. And mom was busy with four kids and trying to do a part-time job and all that. And so little Woody got to watch uh, Leave it to Beaver a lot on TV. You know what Leave it to Beaver is? It's a TV show that... Uh, <laughs> <no>. um, <laughs> and many of you, you, you think of some other TV shows that you think of that... Uh, Kind of brought out the idea of family, and uh, you know, one was "Father Knows Best," and uh, I remember that one. That was a helpful kind of a show if I'm going to be watching it, you know. Um, But then, as as time marches on, you know, some of these family shows, like I'm thinking, you know, next it it was like next was Gomez Adams and and Morticia. And I'm thinking, what kind of family is this? Um, Lurch and uh, Cousin It. Pugsley and all that, yeah. So, you know, it, but it is. There's, there's fun things to remember about family and, and the thing, memories of family. Uh, like in uh, old, old days TV, you know, I love Lucy. Uh, lots of fun, you know. But unfortunately, over time, things change. And now, um, I've not been very vocal about it, but I will this morning. And that is that there are shows on TV today that depict the family. And yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be fun. But it, it depicts typically dysfunctional families. And, you know, so a lot of times nowadays, you know, we, we think of, and you know you folks know what is going on in our society and what what uh, who defines family. Who defines family, by the way and but it, it's not family tradition that defines family. And for the obvious, it, you know TV in Hollywood does not define family. Yeah, aren't you glad for that? <laughs> Um but it's sad to see what it's fallen to when you have uh you know Homer and Bart Simpson being able to define what family is about. Or um I don't know what the other names of these shows are. I, I don't know what they are, but I know that they're they're not portraying uh you know, family in in the way that we would understand it. Now, with everyone's upbringing, you know, we could say, well, this is what family is and this is what family is. And um, we are studying about the church. And the church has all sorts of, of names that are given to describe it. And we've talked about one being the body. The body is a name that God gives the church. His redeemed ones, and we meet in this place. This is a this would be called a house of worship, but the people. I've said this before. The people make up the church, the body of Christ, and also we come to this passage today that tells us that the church is like a family. We're a family, and I um, I greatly. Uh, I, I praise the Lord, I praise the Lord greatly for his blessing upon the family of believers in Jesus Christ at Parkside, okay? And there's a, a lot of things that come out of this, um, this thought of the, the, the family of God at Parkside. Um, we have some wonderful things to, to give God thanks for, but listen... We have to keep pressing on as believers. We have to keep pressing on as Christians to know the Lord more and more. Not just to sit back in comfortable pews or comfortable chairs and think, yeah, we, we got it. You know, No, we don't have it together. We've got to keep all of us as believers in Jesus Christ. We have to keep learning, keep growing, keep strengthening ourselves in the faith. Right. And so the idea of family comes out strong in this. Um, I put in on your outline that's in the bulletin there, if you want to follow along about all in the family. Number one was the pulse of the body. And that is verse nine in Romans chapter 12. Let's look at it. Let love be without hypocrisy or let love be genuine or let love be sincere. And that's defined in the next line. Here's how you love: you abhor what is evil, and you cling to what is good. That's the that's the response of here's a person and a church that loves God. You start with abhorring what is evil. You hate it, and if we don't hate it, then it's going to sneak in into our you know, influence in our lives. So I have to learn to discern, okay, and define. What is evil? Okay? Abhor that which is evil and cling to that which is good. And that idea there of clinging is like that little child, you know, that one or two-year-old little child that's clinging to dad or grandpa's leg and just won't let go. Can you picture that? And then I love it when, you know, I remember when our kids were little or little kids come to our house that I know I can kind of grab them and and hug them and love them and then i'm saying you're locked in i'm not gonna let you go I'm, i'm i was clinging to them and they'd wrestle out and i you know oh you got free well we need to cling to that which is good according to god okay and this is the start of love and paul moves on to talk about this kind of love so and here's point number two here's the practice of the body Here's what the body does. Here's how it ought to be. And listen, my friend, it it might be that you've been in church almost all of your life. And don't don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't just say, Oh, well, yeah, we, we we do really good at love. I'm not saying that we do really good at love. We've got to learn what it means. And we've got to make sure and 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 line it up. Are we loving as a group of believers? Individually and as a group. Are we loving one another? Because that's what it's talking about here in this context. It's talking about Christians, Christ followers, loving one another. Okay, so it's kind of the internal uh, instructional manual for, for the church. All right. So under number two, it's start loving and start living start loving and start living living the way god wills for you to live and that is with love being the the motivating force underneath un, underneath it all not knowledge but love and love in action okay we we if we've been in church and attending church for many years we have plenty of knowledge and we sit In church, and hopefully, you're soaking it in. And hopefully, during the week, you'll listen to good messages that will challenge you and and help shape you in the faith. But just don't soak it in, it's got to be acted and lived out in your life. Okay? So, here's the church's instruction as to how to love others within the church. And as we go through this list here this morning, we're going to see that much of it, no, all of it applies to your family. And so the kind of the, the statement that we have here, the underlying theme of it is, if we've got a strong church, hopefully that means there's strong families uh, behind it all. When Where there's strong families in the church, in, in Christianity, then there's stronger churches. Because there, there's the correlation It's because true love, not just talk about love, but true love, genuine love, practiced love, is happening in the family, and thus it can happen much easier in the church. And God made it that way, my friend. God made it to be that way. Here's here's how the family ought to look. And here's how the church looks. So let's look at this. These different loves that I've mentioned here in your outline. Letter A, under number 2 we could say it's a, a bonded love or a devoted love bonded love refers to being what it says there in verse 10 be devoted to one another in brotherly love this term is is really um it's like a term that m- your mother would use for you when you you know when you were little it's a, a dearly affectioned full of affection kind of a term for a little child it's a very much of a family term that that is used for the church not just solely for your family at your address at your home but no for the it's used for the church he's saying in verse 10 be devoted to one another in brotherly love so it's got that idea of loving dearly christians Okay, Uh, tenderly affectioned toward Christians. Okay, it's the idea of what um, a brother might use for a sister that only he knows, you know, and, and they share that and it's full of affection. That's the idea of a devoted love. Okay, so. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And you, you're familiar with the term brotherly love? That's the word for Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's the idea there. Okay? Then the next section of the verse, look at it. In verse 10, it keeps reading. Give preference to one another. Here's letter B in the outline. It's honoring love. Here's an honoring love. And the term give preference here means to take the lead. To take the lead. And uh, um, the English Standard Version uses this term. uh, Outdo one another in showing preference in honoring one another. I didn't say that right, I don't think. I added some words, but that's the idea there. It's to outdo in showing honor to one another. Okay? Now think of it. With your family. Think of it with your family. In giving preference to one another in honor. Why is it, moms and dads, that we tend to, you know, wait for somebody else to bring honor to our children? You know, it's, it's the little AYSO soccer awards. Everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> oh, yay! And, and even that in, in that little way... I, I'm not talking about in, in big ways. I'm talking about all, all sorts of ways to show honor to one another. In your family first. You, you practice it in your family. You practice this truth in your family. With your, with your spouse, with your children, with your grandchildren. Show them honor. Okay? But the, I, I think, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Is that thing of, you know, we kind of wait for somebody else to show, yeah. Somebody else is showing honor to my son or my daughters or whatever. And and you kind of all of a sudden jump in line and, yep, yep. Isn't that that great? I wish I would have thought of this before, you know. And so the idea is that you don't wait. Okay? And moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, let's take the lead. Like it says here in this verse, take the lead in showing honor to others. Okay? You know, as the kids got older, I wish I would have done this when our kids were younger, but as the kids got older, you know, we'd be able to say to them, you know, they'd come home from college and they'd do something nice for mom. And I'd I'd turn and say, hey, extra points for you. Way to go. You know, that's, again, that's just a little tiny way to demonstrate, here's here's honor. Recognizing what they've done. Starting little and building it. Getting the momentum of that going. And you want to do that out of genuineness and out of sincerity. You don't just do it because, well, I better do it because the Bible tells me to. No, you, you do it because this is the genuine thing you want to show. Showing honor to one another. Okay? And so it is for us. Ha ha. Get this, in the church. It's supposed to be this way in the church. And all too often, we're not alert to this kind of principle of showing honor to one another. Okay? Honoring one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. Be ready to recognize other strengths. Let's be good at that. Let's take the lead in loving this way in our church family. Okay? Letter C. At the bottom of your front page on the outline there. I'm sorry, it's on the back. On the back. Letter C is enthusiastic love. And this is really what I believe is made up of three parts. It's a trio. And it shows it starting with not lagging behind in diligence. Okay? Look at verse 11. It goes from verse ten, not uh, giving preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Those three work together. Okay, it's about being diligent, being alert. Don't be lazy. Don't be falling behind. And the term there, not lagging behind in diligence, is don't lose the sense of urgency. And then how, how interesting it is that it goes right into be fervent in spirit. Okay? Be fervent in spirit, which means, the, it's a really interesting word. It means to boil. And it's the idea that you know when you see something boiling and uh, your wife is yelling to you, get the pot in the kitchen and it's boiling over, you, you can picture that. That's the idea. Be fervent in spirit. Don't lag behind in diligence. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Uh huh. Interesting. Okay, so it's the, the idea of boiling. What does it imply? It's it's a stirring. It's it's ready to spill over. And that's the idea in your love for one another as Christians in the body of Christ. That this is something that's ready to boil over. What? Being fervent for the Lord and serving Him. Okay, and serving Him. And all too often, our concept of serving ends up, you know, oh, you know, I, I don't know if I can do that, you know. And, or, or maybe it's just even if, if it's a matter of being dull and bored because we get that through the week. We get kind of worn out maybe during the week. And we don't refresh ourselves in the things of the Word of God so that we might be ready and fervent and, you know, eager to serve the Lord. So, what's your attitude towards serving the Lord? I got to do this. Yeah, you got to do it. But does that need to stop there with that kind of thought? I got to do this. No. Let's let the scriptures speak to our hearts. (laughs) Don't lag behind in diligence. Be alert. Be ready. Be fervent in spirit serving the Lord. It's the same term as in here, in in Romans 12, in verse 11 here, that is used to describe Apollos in Acts chapter 18, who was fervent in spirit. It's kind of a contagious way about him. Shouldn't that be what we aim for? Putting the pieces together for Christian living, it should result in having a fervent spirit because we're serving the King of Kings. We're serving the risen one. We're serving the victorious one. We're serving the eternal one. And, you know, it might be that, you know, well, you get in a groove, uh, in in a rut maybe, in serving the Lord. Well, let's go back to this admonition here in Romans 12. Let's remember who it... maybe, Maybe it's because if you're serving in, in kind of that way that feels like you're kind of worn out, tired about it, maybe it's because you, you got, maybe you haven't evaluated who you're really serving. Well, the pastor asked me to do this. <laughs> so I better do it. Well, then you're doing it wrong. It's nice that you would try and help out. But it needs to be done for the risen one, the head of the body, our Lord Jesus. Okay? So. You know, we really just want to encourage you in this way. Stop and think about it. And ask God to help you have those those eyes that are fixed on Him in serving these little children in the nursery. Or serving in Sunday school. Or, or being involved with the adult Sunday school class. Or the youth. Or, I want to whatever it might be serving the lord okay so the idea is that you know we get involved we get active that's what serving is about then and too often we when we picture christian service you know we we equate this too much of sitting and we're involved i i'm here i'm at church what more do you want? And this is a, a part of it, is sitting and taking it in. Listening and, and you know, concerned about, you know, how's my life, how am I doing in my life, in my walk with the Lord? But this is not the totality of it. You're not just a, you know, and this is a lot of times what the American church seems to be about. You come to church, sit down, sit there and listen. And sometimes it ends up being that we... we um magnify the issue of critiquing more. And so you can sit and, and critique because you you sat there for many years involved in church. Now that's listen, I know I'm I'm kind of bordering on a line here. You do need to be discerning. You need to be discerning about what's being preached, whether it's me or Brennan or Bill or Dale or whoever, you need to be discerning. You need to match it up with Scripture. Be like the Bereans, okay? But the other side of it, my friend, is don't just sit there and say, "Well, that was, that was okay," and then walk out. and And that's the invol That's the extent of the involvement. There's got to be more than that because if you're a believer you're a part remember Romans 12 you're a part of the body of Christ you are a member of the body of Christ and the idea is that you be a, a living holy sacrifice to God and that you understand being you're a member therefore and here we go with here's the instructions how to love here it is so let's get after it right serve assist help if you're a part of the body of Christ, that means you're a Christian, you're a part of the body of Christ, you know, start serving. Let's get active. If you have questions about that, we want to be of help in trying to get you plugged in in a way that will magnify and, and you know, honor the Lord. He's the one we're serving. Okay? All right. We move on in our outline. We talked about bonded love. Letter A, letter B, honoring love. Letter C, enthusiastic love of serving the Lord. Then letter D is patient love. Patient love. Okay? Starts in verse 12. Rejoicing in hope. Uh, and here's why I believe it's, it's all this one together. It's because of these little pearls that connect together in verse 12. Rejoicing in what? In hope persevering in tribulation devoted to prayer those things work together my friend when times are tough the idea is that you are rejoicing in hope even when times are tough you rejoice in hope what did paul and silas do in prison they're in prison they're chained up and they turn around and they Whoa! woe is me you know, I, I know I, I'd have a tendency to want to do that. But no, they didn't. Woe was me? They sang to the Lord in prison. <laughs> okay, and that's the idea. We're not in a prison necessarily. We've got, you know, these figurative things we call, you know, problems in, in the, you know, situations of life. Maybe we call them prisons. I, I don't know. But the point is, we're to rejoice in hope. And this is something that we're to do to, to help one another. Rejoice in hope, persevere in tribulation. And the word "persevere" there is the word "hupomeno." Isn't that impressive? Hupomeno. And all it means is if, if uh, you know, back in the in the early 60s, you know, it's the air drill, you know, and everyone ducks and covers, right? And that's the idea of hupomeno. You, you go underneath something and you stay there. Don't you move. <laughs> you stay there. And what are we to do according to this verse? Stay there in what? In tribulation. Persevere in tribulation. And we connect James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 with this. Remember? And we joked, we've kind of joked about this in the past. Count it all joy, brethren. When you escape various trials. Because we, want to, we would rather escape the various trials than in, endure them. So don't get that mixed up. He's not saying escape how blessed it is to escape the various trials. No, he's saying endure the trial. God is doing something. He's strengthening you in your faith. Now, if I had some extra special place with god i would ask god you know just please don't don't throw the tribulations in there because it it doesn't make sense to us it just it'd be nice to have just smooth way smooth way see but after a while you recognize christian you recognize no it's better that i go through the tribulation isn't it so that you're stronger and so that second corinthians chapter one you can be a a help to others who are going through similar trials. Okay? So, patient love. And being an encouragement with the, the brothers and sisters in the church about a patient love. Okay? Then he finishes off with devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. The word devoted here is a little more intense than the previous one in this passage. And this one means busy yourself with prayer. You like that? I I like that because I know I get busy with other things. And God says in his word, you be devoted to prayer, Christian, and you busy yourself with prayer. You be like that woman that keeps harassing that judge until he gives you an answer. And that judge was an evil judge. And look at your look at God, your father in heaven, who's just ready to pour out his gift to you. But no, we busy ourselves with other things. We busy ourselves with worry, with anxiety, depression. We just focus on it. And that's the idea. Here's, the, here's a little side road. Philippians is just full of... Here's, here it is. Rejoice in the Lord again. I say rejoice. And the idea of look above your circumstances. Don't focus on your circumstances. Look to the Lord. He's the risen one. Look to Him. Trust Him. Okay? Okay? So, the design. This miniature blueprint is right before us to make it through, to persevere in tribulation. Rejoice in hope. My friend, Christian, who is your hope? Is your hope your, your checkbook and your savings account? So, think. Stop and think. Who is my hope? If you're feeling run over, if you're feeling wiped out, If you're feeling like you're hanging by a string, then the circumstances are ruling your day. The situation is ruling your day. Because if Christ is ruling the day, then he promises his peace, even in the midst of the storm. Trust Jesus, he's the risen one, he's not a dead Savior. He's the risen one. He lives forevermore. And you and I, in these kind of tribulations and trials, we need to trust Him. Okay? All right. Moving along. Letter E. Under number two, letter E is sharing love. Sharing love. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Letter F is welcoming love. Welcoming love. They're very similar, but one is contributing, giving to the needs of the saints, helping out. You see a need and you contribute, you give and you help. And that's that's what the body is about. And that's what the, the body was known for in the book of Acts, chapter two and on. They're known to meet each other's needs. And thank the Lord that here here's a situation where we, as a group of believers, we can help with the needs of the Beheimer family as they come in. Praise the Lord for that. But you know what? Listen, and and you've met my needs, our needs as a family. You've met, uh, here, here are needs being met right now for another pastor on stuff, but the the word... The, the verses does say contributing to the needs of the pastors. Contributing to the needs of the leadership. No. Contributing to the needs of the saints. And that's what we, as a body of believers, must be alert to and help out with. I've missed some. I've missed ways in, in, in which to contribute to the needs of those in need. This hits me. This this. me convicts me. I need to be better at this. And some of you are leading the way in it. You're sensitive to this. And you're looking and saying, hey, so-and-so has a real need. We need to help him. And see, that's what's happening. This is what ought to be happening within the family of God so that here's here's the influence and the effect to the outside world, the unbelieving world. They see people that really really love one another right so sharing love is just the idea of giving okay and uh, you, 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 we give preference to the little kids in the nursery who who share the toys you know they say way to go that was really good good job well and we need to demonstrate it at our level where we're at with one another. Sharing. Contributing to the needs of the saints. The word there for, um, is, is a partnership. It's a partnership. It's koinonia. It's the word koinonia. Fellowship. You're, you're participating in the needs of others. Okay? And I, I hope and pray that we can have eyes and, and, be, and have hearts that, that respond in this way. Then the, the letter F, the last one, welcoming love. Well, back in the time of Paul, the world really didn't have any uh, Motel 6s, Holiday Inns, Holiday Inn Express, Best Westerns. Okay? So, as people traveled, there's more of a need to be on the alert to help with even strangers coming in. And this is the word. It's the for uh, the love of strangers. That's what hospitality is. And so... If you're here visiting, you know, we want to be good at that. We want to welcome you. We're glad that you're here. And we we would love to be of help and encouragement. If there's needs that you have, you know, we'd we'd love to be of help to you in that way. But those of you you who have been attending Parkside for any length of time, this is the idea that we have a, a love for strangers. That we are quick to welcome them and quick to you know, try to connect them with other people and learn of their names and and learn of their, you know, where they're at, where they're working and all. So the more of us, as folks at Parkside, the more of us that are doing that, that's going to help. That's going to help. So, that's a quick rundown of, here's, here's the instruction book for how we can love one another. We're going to continue it next week because... We start, we left off with verse 13. We'll pick up with verse 14 and move on to the rest of the chapter. And again, the more that we put these things into practice in our own families, the more we're going to help our young people understand here's involvement in the church. And again, don't go by... Um, there's, there's a, a real leaning, a real tendency to just go by your own tradition, your, your, your own upbringing as a, as a family. And those are, that's good. But see, as a Christian, you're now God's child. God is called our Father. <laughs> and we go by His rules. We go by His instruction, His way. And so may we be a people that truly are fervent in serving Him, and showing here's this love for one another. I I have to just say, momentarily here, you know, I know that we have you know we we have people in our congregation. Uh, for one reason or another, we've not really helped them out like we should. And we need to be um, we need to be moving in that direction more and more. The idea, my friend, it, again, if you're visiting here, we want to make it clear, um, being a Christian, being a Christian means to know Jesus Christ and to have faith in what he did in your place. He took your place and what place he took was your punishment. He took your place and He took your punishment for God's sin, uh, for, for man's sin. God's wrath, right? God's wrath against sin. Jesus came and took that for you. And being a good person is, seems to be the emphasis of the day. If I'll just be a good person, then God will accept me. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You must be born again. It doesn't say you must try hard and keep climbing the ladder of righteousness. No, you have to have a righteousness that's given to you from God. And that righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. His righteousness, which was perfect, is credited to your account. It's imputed to you. Just like your sin was, what? Imputed to Christ. And so, it's not about just being a good person. Because God will reject that offer. Because it will never match up to His perfect standard. Do you understand that? You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that means giving over the reins, so to speak. Giving the reins over, controls over to him. Lord, come in, be in charge of my life. I call out for your mercy. I call out that you would forgive me and come in and be, be in charge. Be Lord of my life. Okay. Without knowing Jesus Christ, you are lost. Without knowing Jesus Christ, you have no ability to please God. No matter what you do, no matter how big a goal you reach, no no matter how big a gift you give, no matter how good you are as a charitable person, without faith, listen, without faith it is impossible to please God. And the core of that is, what do you do with Jesus Christ? And if you reject Christ and say, well, he's a nice guy, good teacher, you know, I really respect him. You're rejecting him because he is Lord. And you need to bow your knee to him. And until you do, you're lost. So, picking up some uh, section like this in the Bible and saying, oh, this sounds good. It's not for you because you're lost. You can't do it because you can't please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, verse 6. You need to come on God's terms, my friend. You've got to come on God's terms to be right with God. And so here we are as a church. Here we are as a, a family of believers. We want to love in the way he gave he that he listed it here okay and we want to encourage you if you don't know about Christ we'd love to talk to you about him because it's about him that brings about eternal life and a right standing with God okay when you apply these truths in Romans 12 to your family my friend According to the context of this passage, you have to do it based on being a living and holy sacrifice. That's the premise. That's the starting point. Being a holy and living sacrifice unto God. What follows is that we are, His, the, we are members of His body. and That means that you're actively involved as members of His body. Using the gifts that God's given. That's the flow of the passage. Read it again for yourself. This is what the watching world needs to see, must see, that we are His family, and that we lift up Christ, because as we lift up Christ, we 're going to see Christ draw all men to himself, draw all people to himself. And as we love one another, people out there, unbelievers, the Bible says in John 1335 they 'll see that we are his what his disciples because we love one another. So, not just being a, a friendly church, at the very bottom of your outline there, it's not about just being a friendly church. It's not just a, a church full of programs, but rather a truly genuine, loving church. Now, as we transition into our communion time, I want to encourage you, Christian I want to encourage you to take one or two of these things that are mentioned here in Romans 12. Take them this week and ask God to help you to put it into action. Maybe it's uh, preferring one another in honor. Ask God to help you really n- get that nailed down in your thinking so that you can then do it more effectively for Him. Okay? Maybe it's just a thing of being devoted to one another and brotherly love. Maybe it's the thing of saying, I need to um, get, have more fervency in spirit. Well, remind yourself who you're serving. You're not serving yourself. You're not serving someone else. You're serving the Lord. Do it as unto Him. Okay. Well, again, this is the connection that our family would truly show. That we're His children, right?